Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode three of the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I'm your host today. Last week I posted a blog post entitled Perimeter Leadership versus Inner Leadership. And today I'd like to take a little bit of a deeper dive into that blog post. I share that in my daily work as a leadership coach, it is common for me to observe teachers and administrators that are leading from the perimeter. I hear it in their comments and I see it in their behavior. My guess is if I walked into your classroom or your school, I might find some of you leading from out there as well. Don't worry, I would never judge you for it. After all, that would be hypocritical of me since, well, I led from there for many years. So if you currently have a student or two who are, who's in your class and that have you at your wit's end, or perhaps you've identified a staff member as a school leader who you think should have retired like five years ago, when we encounter students and staff who are challenging to work with, we can quickly find ourselves pointing the finger and blaming them for their failures or their shortcomings. So today I'd like to take you back to the interview chair. If you're currently a teacher in a school, I want you to reflect on this interview question. If you were sitting in the interview chair and the committee asked you, listen, you have a student who is off task or refusing to work. Tell us how you would champion for this student to help him or her get back on track. If you're currently a building leader or a campus leader and you were sitting in that interview chair, how would you respond to this interview question? You have a teacher who is often negative in his interactions with students. Today, you observed him yelling at a student. How would you address this individual? You see, I recall midway through my career struggling to work with a middle school teacher. His name was Tom, whom mostly I had labeled as low performing. I couldn't understand how anyone could be a teacher and not love kids. It didn't take long for me to start complaining to my administrative colleagues about him and trying to figure out our best options to, quite frankly, non-renew him. See, I justified my own behavior by convincing myself that he wasn't good for kids. In other words, I was officially on the perimeter. Back in episode one, I discussed how early on in my career I wanted to be great for my students and my staff and my community, and yet 12 years into my profession as a building principal, I found myself officially on the perimeter. I had lost my way, and I was blaming others for my own shortcomings. And if you recall, I shared in episode one how I developed this framework, which eventually became the four core principles of Culturize and how I began to use those core principles as a framework, a framework to protect me, a framework to allow me and to give myself permission to bring the best version of myself to certain situations. See, that's what I'm referring to here, that I realized eventually that it was never others. It was never the students or the parents or the staff. It was always me. And so I used that framework to help myself get off the perimeter 
and bring the onus of that leadership that where I lacked and where I fell short I brought it back to myself I realized that it was me it was me who needed to get better and so those core values protect me and so to quickly review those if you recall core principle number one to be a champion to be a champion for students to be a champion for colleagues and and that simply meant not quitting on people and and recognizing that people behave the way they behave for a certain reason and if I could use that core value to remind me that when people behave in ways that well quite frankly fall short of our expectations well they have a story and that if I invested more time in those individuals to understand those stories well, then it'll help me create, you know, empathy, to be compassionate, to see it differently. Core principle number two, expect excellence, was all about modeling. That was all about, you know, having high expectations, but also at the same time, modeling the behaviors that I wanted others to emulate. In other words, what we model is what we get. So I'm not going to ask others to do what I'm not willing to do myself. So again, core value number one being about relationships, core value number two being about modeling, core value number three, carry the banner, was all about experiences. That I recognized that through my own interactions, the way I talked to people, I spoke to people, the way I engaged people in conversation or I interacted with them, if I could bring a better version of myself to those situations, regardless of how volatile they were, that I would often get better results. And that's all we can often do, is bring the best versions of ourselves to those situations. So in other words, when those individuals walk away, will they carry the banner for me and will they carry the banner for our school? And last but not least is to be a merchant of hope, is to believe that every individual who goes into this profession, whether it be a counselor or a school nurse or a secretary or a bus driver, an assistant principal, a dean of students or a school psychologist or social worker, they want to be great at what they do. And we have to understand that. And so when they're not performing at the level we want them to perform at, then we should not judge them and we certainly shouldn't label them. And certainly I found myself doing all of those things. So I remind you of that framework, again, not to ask you to adopt the four core principles of Culturize, but to reflect on your own values and quite frankly, your own behavior and ask yourself, are you bringing the best version of you to every situation, to every interaction? And if you are, my guess is then you're getting pretty good results. But if you're not, if you're failing to do that, then you might just might find yourself on the perimeter looking outward and blaming others. If you currently find yourself on the perimeter and blaming others, first, give yourself some grace. Next, take time to recalibrate your mindset and try your best to reframe your thinking. So let's go back and revisit Tom, the middle school teacher who was frustrating me. And here are five things to consider. One, it isn't your job to change others just like it wasn't my job to change Tom. It was his job. And in your case, it's their job to change themselves. Your job is to be fair to others and avoid tagging others with a label. This is where the fourth core principle of Culturize, to be a merchant of hope, comes in. Remember, it reminds me that everybody wants to be great. And if I have that mindset going into this conversation or my interactions with Tom, then I can see that he wants to be great and therefore I cannot tag him with a label. I have to believe that. Number two, quit trying to fix and solve all the issues and focus more on becoming a better version of yourself to get a better result. That's core principle number three, carry the banner. Remember that one's about experiences. 
So if my mindset going into that conversation is, hey, wait a second, as I have this interaction with Tom, I have to make sure that I do it in such a way that is compassionate and caring and dignified and respectful. And hopefully if I do that, he'll walk away well feeling that I treated him fairly, that I wasn't trying to get him. Number three, remember when Tom was hired, he didn't think or behave the way he was behaving at that time. He became that way. I had to believe that I could help him and others like him find their way back. That would be core principle number one. Champion for Tom. Remind myself if he's not behaving the way that is not meeting our expectations, well, rather than label him, core principle number four, remember, is to invest more time to understand, well, why was Tom behaving the way he was behaving? Understand that story, and therefore, hopefully, bringing more empathy to the situation because Tom had a story. Number four, if he came to you or someone like Tom came to you and was struggling with a student, what advice would you give that individual? Now ask yourself this, are you modeling what you would ask that individual to do? That's core principle number two. And that's how I want you to see it. As a school leader, right? Teachers come to you, they're struggling with a student. We start giving advice or we start making recommendations or sharing things like, hey, you've got to build a relationship. You've got to be patient. You've got to be respectful. You've got to believe that kid wants to be great. Well, then we have to ask ourselves, are we doing that with our staff? Because if not, I can't ask Tom to go do that with the kids in the classroom, and yet I wasn't doing that with Tom. There was the hypocrisy. There is where I was being disingenuous. I was violating my own core value. And I had to be really intentional to live that core value, to expect excellence, not just of, of Tom, but of myself. And that's where the framework begin to protects, uh, protect us, right? And then finally, sometimes we just have to flip it. Don't point the finger at others, but rather start with your inner self. So one takeaway to remember is this. If you're a teacher struggling with a student, you're an administrator struggling with a staff member, those four core principles will protect us and remind us that every kid wants to be great, every adult wants to be great. Core principle number four. Number one, invest more time in that individual to understand the story of that student, understand the story of that staff member, be their champion. Core principle number three will protect you to bring your best version of yourself to those students and those staff members so when they walk away, they will carry the banner for you. And core principle number two, yes, we should have high expectations for our students and definitely those same high expectations for our staff. But we need to ask ourselves, are we modeling the same high expectations? See, you may not see it just like I didn't see it at the time, but in some ways you are contributing to the issues in your school. Sometimes you are the undercurrent, just like I was the undercurrent. I just couldn't see it at the time. So keep looking at your inner self. Admittedly, my behavior towards Tom was not great. It took me years and a lot of support from veteran leaders to help me see it differently and more importantly, respond differently. One in particular reminded me of what I said when I sat in the interview chair how I wanted to build relationships with my staff, how I wanted to be their champion, and how I wanted to inspire them to be more and do more than they ever thought possible. Don't get me wrong, I still encountered ups and downs throughout the remainder of my years as a school leader. 
Look, I couldn't just flip the switch and change overnight after behaving a certain way for so many years. But I could continue to commit to staying the course. I share this with you to remind you that we are all a work in progress and that we are not perfect beings. There are no perfect processes or frameworks that can, that can or will solve all your problems, but they almost always ensure a better result. Most importantly, you will become a better version of you. You just have to keep reframing it. Stay away from the perimeter and start with your inner self. Friends, it's time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I hope that you will join me each week as I try my very best to take you back to the interview chair. Because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at costas underscore Jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss 